direct from Orlando Sparks Campus. Everywhere. It's blindbargains.com virtual exhibit hall coverage. Brought to you by AFB Access World. For the latest news and accessibility information on mainstream and access technology, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon offerings, access technology book reviews and mobile apps, and how they can enhance entertainment, education, and employment, log on to Access World, the American Foundation for the Blind's free monthly online technology magazine, www.afb.org aw. Now, here's J.J. Meadow. Welcome to Blind Bargain's Virtual Exhibit Hall Audio as we kind of cruise around the country virtually. For many people, 3D printing is a hobby. You might have one printer sitting around printing a few things. Matthew Suggs now has 10 as of the time of this recording. It might even be higher by the time this gets released and has gotten into 3D printing full-time, if you will, with Wolf Paul LLC, doing all sorts of really cool 3D printed stuff. Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you got into 3D printing? Well, I just wanted to get into something to do on the spare time we had in the last two years. And I decided to get the cheapest printer, 3D printer. I was seeing a bunch of YouTube videos. And I'll figure I'll give it a shot to see if, uh, if it was possible for a total blind person to even remotely set up a machine and get printing, and I uh, purchased a, a printer, which was a Fossil Lab Aquila, mm-hmm. and um, got the software and found out the software was pretty accessible as far as, uh, you know, slicing the, the models and uh, getting it to the printer and figuring out where the, the print on the print menu and stuff, but that's um, the easy part. Uh, the hardest part is um, learning how to level the machine, setting it up, learning all your settings, because the first two months, I I got a 40-gallon bag full of uh, failures. <laughs> so it can be an expensive uh, project to get into, and once I learned to dial it in and everything, it's fairly, fairly easy to do, and it's, it's accessible to a point. You just can't create your own models and stuff. If you ain't got no vision, it's hard to do uh, the CAD work. Yeah, that's a a pretty challenging thing. There's a few different tools out there for simple stuff, but uh, it's certainly not the easiest part. But you have definitely figured out how to get into the printing of things. When you bought that first 3D printer, did you imagine that you were going to be where you're at now as far as just printing all sorts of stuff and having 10 of these things? I kind of had an idea brewing in my head as starting the business of it. I kind of wish I had done it earlier because um, prior to uh, the COVID, there was a lot of requests for like uh, mask shields and stuff like that, and kind of wish I got my foot in there before it uh, exploded like it did. But it kind of calmed down, and I've noticed there ain't a lot of blind products out there that's being three D printed, and that's what I'm mainly aiming for is to find stuff that we as a uh, visually impaired and stuff can use and bring it to the market and stuff. So let's talk about some of the products. What are some of the things that you have printed or what are some of your, your most popular items? Mm, I printed off like dragon skulls and uh, there's a measuring device uh, called a measuring clip wheel. They come with uh, five different types of measuring wheels uh, from um, quarter inch to half inch to uh, one inch, four inch, and I think I think there was one more. And um, 
And then I got signature guides. Um, I'm making those now into uh, a harder plastic, which will endure being in a wallet, so you don't have to worry about it being all bent up and everything, and also signature guides for checks. So let's talk about some of the materials that can be used, because 3D printing has come a long way over the past few years, and you're now able to print with quite a few different materials. Currently, um, I've been playing with PLA, which is the basic material that most prints are done as far as prototypes and so forth. And then you go up from there from ABS, which is basically like your milk cartons. And then you got P PETG, and then there's wood field, carbon field, there's nylon carbon field. I mean, there's a whole variety of stuff. Uh, they even got, <laughs> I've heard of a 3D printer that will print you a cake, a real one, edible. <laughs> you don't have that one working yet, do you? No. <laughs> uh, it's tempting <laughs> to get one that prints chocolate bars and then Braille, you know. That knows? would be fun. Yes. For sure. So you do... Um, Printing jobs uh, for products that you have found. Uh, where do you to find these uh, the products? Do you go online or to, for the various free resources that are out there? Yeah, there's various uh, websites out there. There, you have to really search for it, and a lot of them are not worth printing, and some of them are very reliable. And then I have commissioned a CAD designer to make a product for me, and uh, it was like $125 an hour. So it's not a cheap thing, And but most, most of my items I find are online, and I just uh, either make them larger, smaller, or you know, print them whatever else in different materials, depending on what the customer wants. And then uh, if there's a company out there that wants certain products and they got their own model or file for me to print, I can do that as well. Absolutely. And that could be a really interesting and affordable way for a company to kind of produce. I think even APH has done some 3D printed uh, replacement parts for some of their stuff now. So it's definitely a thing that's come more into the, the mainstream, especially for more niche parts that you're not going to need thousands of. Right. So when you get a file off one of these sites, do you use like a visual interpreter to try to figure out what you're getting or do you just print it and see what you get? Well, if I don't know what it is, yeah, it's basically just a print off in PLA, which is the cheapest material you can get and um, see what you get. Because even, even if you print it off, you're going to have to find out whether it's going to need a support to hold a particular part of the product or it might be multiple parts on that one part and you need a support on that as well and there, there's there's hundreds of settings uh you know some prints can take anywhere between 30 minutes i've had prints that went for seven days straight wow what was that uh i'm currently printing uh starship the spacex starship uh i think it's uh starship 10 it's a 40 uh one by 42 scale Wow. And it comes in different layers. It, it's, I think, about five foot tall. And you have to put in all sorts of magnets and stuff inside it when you get done printing each part. And uh, you can take it apart, see how it's actually built. I mean, everything is to scale. And you can see how what it took to make this, the Starship go up and then come back landing. 
That's pretty amazing. Um, also amazing is uh, you were actually able to print an actual musical instrument that works. Oh yeah, what a, <laughs> I can't pronounce the name sometimes. The Zelda Ocarina flute. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a uh, one print. Uh, it, it, you print it all at one go, and you have to take off a bunch of stuff. But uh, yes, it's a uh, actual working. Flute. I don't. I don't have one on hand. Oh, because I was going to ask I, for. I, <laughs> I, I gave it to somebody that's a Zelda nut, and uh, you know they ran off with it tooting. <laughs> that's amazing. You have a uh, ten 3D printers now. Like I said, as of the time of this recording, at this we might even have more by the time this gets released. What would you recommend? as a good uh, starter 3D printer? Do you have one that's really jumped out at you out of those 10 that you think is a really good one for someone getting into this? If you got the money, it's worth getting uh, a CR6 SE or a CR10 Smart. They have auto bed leveling. Explain what that is for people, the auto bed leveling. Well, there's different styles of uh, 3D printers. Uh, the ones I'm we're talking about are what they call filament bead Layer infusion printing, which is it does in layers and lays uh it takes like a filament which is basically looks like a string and feeds into a mechanism that pushes it into a heated head and lays the layers one layer at a time. It starts on a build plate that um the ones I currently got they are moving build plates or can be anywhere between 220 by 220 millimeters on up. Uh, there's one I would love to get that's 15 inches by 15 inches, which is insane. <laughs> but the hardest part is the auto leveling, which are, or just leveling in general. Most cheap 3D printers, you have to learn to take the hot head or the, the head of the print and put it right to the build plate and it's got to be no more than paper thin basically you got to take a piece of paper and put it between the head of the printer on the bed and you barely can touch it and you got to be able to set that on all four corners and it could take a while to do it that's that's what the biggest thing that i had to learn but um with a, a higher-end printer, such as the CR6 and the CR10, they have what they call auto-bed leveling, which will actually auto-level itself. It will measure every part of the bed about, I think there's 16 measurements it makes. And it will say that, and generally, if everything is set right, you can send a print to it, and it will just start printing what you want, and you don't have to sit there and fiddle around with... Uh, adjusting uh, knobs and stuff like that but the real high-end printers they ain't gonna have uh, the auto leveling per se on them like the, uh, some of these other ones do. sure yeah i mean there's a lot when it goes into 3d printing it's kind of uh hitting that crossroads between hobbyist technology and also becoming a lot more efficient to use in fact you've had 3d printers that have come as uh, kits right where you have to put them in together what's that been like Yes, I got one that's almost done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 200-something pieces, and this is a small printer. I mean, it's it, it's small enough almost I could put it in my backpack. But it's a high-end printer, but it just, you have to put it piece by piece. And um, it's been interesting. Uh, luckily, there's instructions step-by-step step on how to 
uh, where everything goes. You just got to figure out what bolt and nut and screw they're talking about and what part. And luckily they have all the parts in separate bags and stuff. So you can generally figure out where what, what they're asking for. Which printer is that? It's a PUSA Mini Plus, and then um, I'm hoping to get the PUSA, um, what is it, ID3? And, but it's a more, it's a bigger printer, and it's right. uh, got more parts. Well, and I guess that's the trade-off you have to make, right? Because you can buy some of these as kits, or you can pay a little more and then have them built for you. So it's kind of like, are you looking for the experience of building a printer, especially if you're new to the hobby and you kind of want to do all that, or if you want to just have one that's pre-built for you. And it's one of those things that you have to decide. They come in almost like three different varieties. You get the one lot, the Pusa Mini, which is you can get it either all in pieces or partially built. Then you get the ones that are most common these days. They're basically all built only thing you have to put on is four bolts. Some of them got tip ties. You clip them off, and then uh, you sn- either snap on, or you might have to screw in the spool holder. And all you have to do is just plug in anywhere between three to five wires, and you're ready to go. Uh, I, the CR10 Max and the CR6 SE, they are already put together, and all you got to do is put uh, four bolts uh assemble the gantry and then uh plug in some wires and you're ready to go and then you got the ones that are are already fully built and right i know box lab just came out with one and it's completely built all you got to do is pull out the box sit on your table and run the filament in it and ready to go so just to uh briefly uh move over from hardware to software are you using the same software for all of these different printers or do you have to use different software for different printers i'm generally using the same software on most of all the printers it's um idea maker it's made for the high-end printers mainly the ray models but their software works with pretty much all all the printers except for the resin printers and that's if one a different type of form of 3D printing, which I just got one of those yesterday, and it just got done printing off my first model. I have yet to go over there and take it out. You got to wear gloves and mask, and you can't touch the stuff and all. It's a little bit more complex, but it's a higher end detail stuff. For sure, is Idea Maker free? I've not not software I've heard of uh, previously. And how did you uh, end up choosing that one? Uh, it's free. Most of your printers come with uh, software, but most of them use, uh, I forgot what the name I of the software Cura is. I've seen Cura a lot. Yeah, that's the one. It's not accessible. But I use Bossalab Print and Maker and Idea Maker, which is uh, free software. There's some other ones out there that are just not fully accessible to a screen reader. And mostly I use NVDA and JAWS, but... MVDA works better if you want more detailed information when dealing with settings and stuff for ID Maker. Awesome. I appreciate you going into a little bit of the, the technical. And for some of our listeners, that might be interesting. But I'm guessing many people just want to order stuff and have things that are already done and won't have to worry about all this uh, technical stuff. So that being said, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, maybe get some 3D printed stuff, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Uh, you can email me at blind.gray.1 
Wolf at gmail.com. I'm also on uh, Blind Ads group where I post a lot of my products I make on a whim just whenever. And uh, I do have a online store coming soon. And I think so. that's going to be out by the time uh, this is released. And we'll put any additional information in the, in the show notes. And by the way, that gray is G-R-E-Y. So B-L-I-N-D dot G-R-E-Y dot wolf at gmail.com. Thanks so much, Matthew, for coming on. I really appreciate learning more about what you do and about uh, 3D printing. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Terry. For more exclusive audio coverage, visit blindbargains.com or download the Blind Bargains app for your iOS or Android device. Blind Bargains audio coverage is presented by the AT Guys online at atguys.com. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2021.